You know, we just sang a song. Um, we just sang a song based on John chapter 3. And I, I just want to share this passage of Scripture. John chapter 3 and, and verse 16. Don't, it's not in your notes, man. I, I said we were going to do a regular Sunday, so that means I'm just going to take off. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we see tragedy like this. And I've got to tell you, people ask all the time when there's tragedy, where's God in the middle of that? Where is God in the middle of that? How can I, how come God allows this stuff? Well, I'm telling you, we've been reading through the book of Ephesians and we see in the book of Ephesians that we're in a war. We're in a war. We're in a battle. There's a spiritual battle for your soul and for my soul. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that there is a spiritual battle. I believe there's such a place as heaven and such a place as hell. I believe there's such a thing as God and Satan. I believe in the Son of Jesus Christ. I believe that there are angels and there are demons. Do you believe that? I believe that. And I believe that there is a battle that's going on in the world today. You say, well, God sent his son into the world to save us. Save us from what? Well, let's just keep on reading. For God did not send his, send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. You see, Jesus Christ came not to judge the world. We're already walking in judgment. We're already walking in sin. That sin nature is already all around us, right? How many, let me ask you a question. You can raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you walked in sin before you knew Jesus Christ? Come on, you can only raise one hand at a time. Keep your foot down. You don't have to worry about that, right? Of course we did, right? How many of us have even slipped and walked, tend to walk in sin a little bit even though we know Jesus? I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to just decide I'm going to be honest, not lie, because then I'd be walking in sin. I blow it. We blow it. We walked in sin. That's because back in the book of Genesis, Back in the book of Genesis, I'm actually going to get to Ephesians today, probably about 2 o'clock. But I'm going to get to Ephesians today, or I sure could. Back in the book of Genesis, we find that God, after he made everything, God spoke. He spoke the very world into existence. He spoke the sun and the moon. He spoke. He spoke, and it happened. I don't know how it happened. But he spoke it, and it happened. That's what the word says, and I choose to believe what's written in the book of Genesis. I choose to believe what's written in Exodus, what's written in Acts, what's written in Revelations. I choose to believe that. I believe that's the word of God. But in Genesis chapter 2, and the Lord commanded man, this is after he's already made Adam, he's, he's commanded, he, he's, he's made the trees, he's made the animals, he's, he spoke all this into existence, and, and the Lord God commanded man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you do, you will surely die. The verse right before that. This is in uh, chapter 2 and verse 15. The Lord God took man, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. You got this wonderful, wonderful, fabulous, fantastic God-made garden. And God places Adam in the middle of it. And he said, you have one job, just take care of it. 
I want you to tend it for me. I want you to take care of it for me. You can do anything you want. As a matter of fact, every tree that's out there, every tree, I, if there's apples or oranges or bananas or, or fruits or pomegranate, whatever is growing out there, wherever it is, you can eat it all. Just don't eat from that one. Just I'm set it right in the middle of the garden. Just don't eat from that tree. Right? We know the story. We know the account. Devil comes along. He tempts Eve. Eve. He says to Eve, doesn't that look good? Can you imagine the apple pies you could make from that? Oh, man, that looks good. Look at how good that fruit is. And Eve goes to her husband, and, and, and the devil's right there. Adam was right there with him. And Eve's like, yeah, that looks really good. Honey, I think we should have some. He's like, ah, I think we should have some. And so they eat. I didn't even plan having a microphone on your stand. They ate that fruit together. And what happens? Sin comes into the world and rules the world. And you and I, whether you, whether you want to or not, whether you think it's fair or not, doesn't make any difference what you think. How many of you know gravity is not affected by what you think? Right? It is not affected. How many of you know that the forces of, you go and stand up. If you, you think you can stand up in front of an 18-wheel truck coming down the road at 60 miles an hour, if you think and you believe really, really hard that you can stand there and take it, it's probably not going to make much difference, right? doesn't make any difference what we believe or what we think is fair. Adam and Eve ate from that fruit, and Scripture says in Genesis chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, did God really say? I mean, did he really? Was he real? Did he really mean that? Come on, God can't mean that. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God said, you must not eat from the fruit here and you must not touch it. Surely you will die. And the serpent said, you're not going to die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will know good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good and pleasing to the eye and so desirable. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it and the eyes of both of them. So if you think that, that sin is woman's problem, you got a problem. The problem is Adam was standing right there with, him, with her. The problem is God spoke to Adam and he said, don't you dare eat from that. And he did it anyhow. Listen, that's how sin came into the world. So we look at a place like Haiti. We look at places where there's disaster going on around. Look at our own life and we say, where did all this disaster come from? We're born into a world of disaster. And you've got to understand, I'm not even a doom and gloom preacher. And it's just the truth. We're born into a world of disaster. And we choose what we're going to do with that. What way are we going to walk? Are we going to follow after God? We're we not going to follow after God. There's a war, and so many people don't even know that they're involved in it. You know that? Ask, ask your friends. Ask family members. Hey, do you, do, you know what, do you know we're in a war? No, no, we're getting out of Afghanistan. No, no, not in Afghanistan. Did you know that you and I are in a war? Well, we're not in a war. Yeah, we are. We're in a spiritual. You know how many people don't believe that? 
They're not even aware of it. Their eyes have been blinded, the Bible says, by the God, that's a small g, by the God of this world, by the devil. They don't even know that they're in a war. But you and I are in a battle. So much so, look at this, what a segue to get into the book of Ephesians, hey? So much so that Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that when so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities and against powers of the dark of this world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. There is an evil realm. And there is a battle going on for your soul and for my soul, and there is a battle against us even as believers of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? That's what Scripture says. If you think we just get to accept Jesus and walk around with the butterflies and unicorns, it ain't going to happen. Right? Let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room have struggled with some kind of a battle, some kind of sin, some kind of something? Some, some, how many of you struggle with something in your life even though you're a Christian? It's because we're in a war. It's because we're in a battle. There's a battle for your mind. There's a, the devil would love nothing more than to trip you up. He would love nothing more. Matter of fact, here, here it's called a scheme of the enemy. And, and all throughout the book of Ephesians, where we read about this, this scheme, we, we, we started out when we looked at, the, at the, uh, the armor of God, we started out looking at the belt of truth because truth is the anchor of all of it. If we don't understand God's truth, if you don't understand that you're in a battle that you had nothing to do with, you were born, and because of that, you're in a battle, if you don't believe that truth, guess what? You've lost already because you don't know that there's an enemy. Well, I'm just walking through life, doing my own thing, man. Life is good. How come at the end I end up going to hell? How come there's a struggle at the end? Because you didn't receive Christ. Why? Because there's a battle going on. You didn't know it. Truth. We have to understand God's word is truth. The other part of truth that we got to grab hold of is what we call truth. Well, this is what I believe. Well, what, what does that mean according to God's word? And furthermore, are you being honest with yourself throughout life? Am I being honest with myself throughout life? I remember thinking to myself as a teenager that I was bound to go to heaven. I mean, I was raised in the Catholic church for Pete's sake. I was an altar boy. Of course, I did drink a little bit of the wine on occasion. But I was an altar boy. And so I put in my hour every week. Doesn't that make me good enough to get to heaven? It doesn't, does it? Matter of fact, there was a side of me that was not very nice. It was the side that you like to get drunk before school and like to get stoned before school and like to skip school and steal a bunch of stuff. It was that side. It wasn't very nice, Right? We, use, we do that junk, but I thought I was a pretty good guy. I mean, after all, I didn't murder anybody. Those guys are bad guys, right? I mean, I didn't beat anybody up, right? They're bad guys. We ought to be honest, honest with the fact that we're fallen, honest with the fact that we're lost, honest with the fact that, you know what? Within me resides no good thing. Believe that? It's the truth. Until Jesus came along inside of me, no good thing. 
Then Jesus comes into my life and all of a sudden we have the opportunity to walk in righteousness. My righteousness? No, no. My righteousness still stinks, okay? Paul's talking about a righteousness here that comes from God. That's part of the armor of God. We have the belt of truth, so we acknowledge who we are. We acknowledge the truth of God's word. We have the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. That, by the way, is the only thing that gives me the ability to stand up here this morning. I want you to understand that. There's nothing in me that's good, nothing in me that goes, oh, Pastor, you, you live your life so perfect. Just talk to my wife. She'll tell you. I ain't that good. Even on good days, Ben, I ain't that good. There is nothing in me that qualifies me to be able to get up and speak except for the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And Paul goes on and he says, we're in a battle. And the only possible way that you and I can be successful in this war is to be continually strengthened by God and to allow Jesus Christ to, to dwell in us. The Bible talks about him dwelling in us richly. And when we do that, when he dwells in us, we finally have something to offer. You know that? We finally have something to offer. But it's still nothing of us. It's about him. Adam sealed that for us way back when. When Adam sinned, everybody after him was born in sin. Everybody after that was born in sin. You and I were born in sin. And Jesus does not come along to condemn you. He did not come to condemn you. You were already condemned. You were already in the mud. He came to set us free. He came to deliver us out of that. He came to set us free because we were in that already. We get this backwards. We get this all mixed up. We tend to think, and maybe it's because of the way we've preached the gospel over the years, we tend to think that the preacher's going to get up and he's going to give us a hellfire and brimstone message and you don't come up to the altar, you're going to go to hell. Guess what? You were headed there already. When you come to the altar, it's not, it's not like we're, we're, we're saying, you know, you're, 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 setting, you're already bound for hell. When you come to the altar, what that does is it, it takes you out of that, sets you out of that kingdom and into a new kingdom. Folks, that's what we need. We walk in the kingdom of darkness. That's what we're born into is the kingdom of darkness. And there is a kingdom of light. So we need to understand that we need to be, I have no idea where I'm at in my notes just telling you, I'm going to pick a place here pretty soon, and I'm just going to start. We think about his righteousness, his truth. What does that look like in our life? Well, part of what it looks like in our life is instead of walking around continually offended, you ever seen people that walk around continually offended? See people who haven't, haven't decided, they've decided a long time ago they're not going to forgive anybody. They're just wrong, and I'm not going to forgive them. Guess who's eating the acid? That person's the one who's eating the acid. When I follow after Christ, when I follow after his righteousness, Raymond can offend me all day long. And you know what? I might hang on to it for a little while. But walking in God's righteousness says, I choose to forgive him whether he apologizes to me or not. How, how many of you know we play that game too? Oh, I'll forgive him as soon as he apologizes. Guess what? He went to bed and he slept last night and he didn't care one whit. All night long, you're sick. Your guts are rolling. Go, oh, I can't believe what Raymond said about me. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Who cares? Who cares? 
How many offenses do you think you can hang on to and carry in your life before they start making a difference? One. You pick up one offense, brother. You pick up one offense, and it's going to change your life. There's that sickness that you're going to walk in. I don't need to be right. Boy, did I say that out loud? Pause the camera. I don't want anybody to hear that. I don't need to be right, and neither do you. We need God's righteousness, not our own righteousness. We need God's righteousness in our life. That's what we need. That's what we need to walk in. His peace, his righteousness comes when Jesus Christ comes into our life and we choose to follow him. I can forgive Raymond. I can choose to forgive him and I can walk in peace, not because of what I've done, not because of what he's done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. He paid for that. He paid for that. We need to understand that truth. The breastplate of righteousness. We're going to continue in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul is continuing to write to the church and he's writing to us. Therefore, in verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes. You believe there's a day of evil? All around us, man. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your guard after you've done everything to stand. Like, Pastor, I tried praying. Okay, stand. I tried asking for forgiveness. Okay, stand. I tried forgiving. Okay, stand. When you have done, I tried repenting. Good, now stand. When you have done everything else, stand. Do I stand in my power? Do I stand in my strength? Do I stand in my righteousness? Got none of it. Stand in Christ. He's the only place I have hope. I've been so wrong. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people been so wrong that some people legitimately have been wronged over and over and over and over and over again. And I get emails from people in Haiti and I'm, we're standing by the grace of Jesus Christ. There's not a, in some of the folks that I'm dealing with, there's not an ounce of, they're not looking for pity. They're not looking for, they're, for any, they're just, they just want people praying for them because they're standing in Jesus Christ. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. King James says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the, how many people came with your feet shod this morning? You got a shaw on your foot. It's a shoe. Shod. Your foot is your feet are shod with the preparation. You know that you prepare your feet by shoeing them with different things. You know that, right? I came to church wearing my 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 Sunday go to meeting shoes, right? I did not come to church shod with crocs. Right? Is there anything wrong with crocs? Crocs are fine. I've actually worn Crocs to church one time when I had gout so bad I couldn't, couldn't put a tenor on. Did that. I didn't come. You know, these are my going to hang out at the beach. Shaws. Shaws. Yeah, ben, <laughs> Ben's going to the beach after this. Now, I didn't, didn't come to, you know, one time we went out, I went out ice fishing one time. You ever been out ice fishing? Ice fishing in these are kind of a no-no. We're standing up on Lake of the Woods. You know, this feels kind of good to have a Croc on one foot. I might try it on the other foot because... I can't get the other shoe on. We saw kids. There was a bunch of kids came up with us, and three of them had these. Remember that? Three of them had tenors on, and they're wondering why they're freezing their feet. 
because you're standing on ice and water, and this is what you need, right? If you're going to be prepared to go out on the ice, this is how you go out on the ice, right? Right? You want to wear these Sunday morning? I've seen some guys do it. I've seen them do it. This is not what you want to be wearing in church, right? And I'm cutting wood? No, no. I'm cutting wood. These are what I put on, right? Our feet are shod, are prepared with different shoes for different purposes, right? When Paul was talking to to the church at Ephesians, at Ephesus, he was actually talking to people who understood quite well what military garb was. They, lots of those guys, they didn't have any shoes on at all. They would have had leather sandals. And the military guys, on the bottom of their sandals, their sandals would have been very thick, probably leather three-quarters. The Romans, only the Romans. The other people didn't have it because Romans were wealthier. Not only did they have three-quarters of an inch of, of, uh, of leather, but they had two-inch metal spikes because they had a battle and they had a spear that they had to thrust. And when they did, they needed to have footing. The only way they could have footing was with spikes. Paul's talking about military advance. He's talking to us about a spiritual warfare. And how do we advance in a spiritual warfare? Well, here he says, have your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. You don't need, you don't need boots to fight in our battle, right? We need the gospel of peace. We need to put on the gospel of peace. We need to have the good news of Jesus Christ, right? Wait a minute. We need to have the good news of Jesus Christ, right? Otherwise, what do you have to offer? Come and sit at a meeting with me and you won't get drunk, but your God might be a tree, or your God might be a curtain, or your God might be a chair. It might be a higher power, and that might keep you sober long enough, but brother, you got to find out about Jesus Christ because that's where the peace comes from. That's where the hope comes from. That's where the life comes from. And I never in my wildest dreams would have believed that I would have heard people preaching what the Bible calls another gospel. But if you look around, you find people preaching another gospel all around us. It might be the gospel of exercise. Yeah, you go and you work out and you get in your shape and everything's going to be good. Life's going to be great. You're going to have the best you you've ever had. That still ain't a whole lot. The best me I've ever had, it ain't much. And the older I get, it's even less. There's not a whole lot of good news in that. You can eat the best food you ever ate. And and when judgment time comes around and you get to sit at that banquet table, you can leave the buffet behind. It ain't going to make any debt. That's not the gospel. I recently, somebody sent me a video recently. It was about during the election cycle, which was all, those gods are bad enough. Man, we got political gods on each side. All kinds of, you have peace if you vote for this. Peace of you, peace of you. The only peace we're going to get is in Jesus Christ. Sorry. We live in a fallen world. There may be more or less, better or worse. But the only, so somebody sent me a, a video uh, about at the time, President Trump. And we got to vote for him because he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this. At the end of the video, literally shows Trump walking off kind of into the clouds. I'm telling you, this is true. I don't believe that, that, that president, former President Trump 
had any part of this. But the, the video, they had him walking off into the clouds and that he's going to lead us to this new epiphany that's going to change the entire world and I wanted to throw up right there on the spot because he's not a savior, right? Who is our savior, one and only savior? Jesus Christ, right? He is the one who paid the price. You want to walk in freedom. You want to walk in hope. You want to have a bad, you get your feet shod with the gospel of the peace of Jesus Christ. We need the gospel. You say, well, pastor, I'm not really sure how to share. Well, how did it happen for you? What happened in your life? How would you experience? You don't have to go to Bible school. All you got to do is know what Jesus did in your life and begin to share that little by little by little telling you the guy who had the most impact in my life God ordained it it was just bizarre he was in every stinking class I was in as a junior in high school this guy was a senior he was in every class I was he was in my home ec class he was in an alternative study hall alternative study hall was for seniors who had a 3.9 GPA okay I was a junior and I had about a 1.4 GPA just enough to keep me in school. Thank God for timber management, or I probably wouldn't have made it through that. This guy was in that class, and he told me about Jesus every day, told me about Jesus. One day he said, well, how's it going? I said, oh, good, I think I'm going to try and quit smoking. He said, I'm going to put my faith on the line for you that you can quit smoking. And I thought, man, i got to have smoke. I can't take that pressure. Listen, the gospel of peace, we got to share that everywhere we go. That should go. We should put that on every morning. God, every place my foot shall tread today, I want to be sharing the truth about Jesus. I want to be sharing the peace. I want to be sharing. Does that mean you got to stand up and say, you're going to hell if you don't repent and ask Jesus? Maybe. But odds are, God would much rather have you, hey, you got a flat tire? Let me, let me pull over and help you. Let me see what I can do. How's that? Do you need anything? Is there anything else that you need? Maybe it's just a smile and a wave. I see it, see Teddy every day at Menards. Hey, how's it going, man? How's it going, man? How's it going? Sooner or later, God's going to make the ability to have a connection for you. Keep putting that out there. Our men's group talk every, every, it comes up almost every week. I don't know what the dude's name is out at Menards. No, Walmart, right? What's the guy's name? Somebody's talking, Rick? Somebody's talking about him every week during our men's group. I'm like, how does this, he hasn't even come here. I've never met him, but he's had that much effect on that many people. His goal in life, he told Lowell Hunt, he said, my goal in life when I get up every morning is, God, how can I enhance somebody's life? How's that for a goal? You think that spreads peace? You think that spreads joy? You think that spreads hope? I'll guarantee you it does because it comes up every week at our men's group. I don't know how, it just does. In addition to all of this, Paul says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all, on all occasions. So today, I, I, those verses, we're going to get to those eventually, but we're really talking about the gospel of peace. We live in a fallen world. And this world that we live in above all things needs to hear about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They need to hear about the kingdom of God. They need it every day. Your co-workers, listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Keep reminding, he says, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God and against, uh, against 
quarreling about words. It's of no value, and it only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Harminius and Philetius, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy people's faith. Move on down a few verses. Listen to what he says here. Listen to what he says in verse 20. This is now, now Paul is talking to Timothy, who is his young protege, and he's telling Timothy, I want you to encourage people to watch their mouth and not get sidetracked. We need the good news of the gospel. And he tells him this. It seems so out of place. He says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes. Some are for common use. What he's talking about is the good china, right? In a, in a house, you got plates you use every day, and then you got the good china that nobody touches. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes. In other words, you're going to be like the special china in God's house if you cleanse yourself from some of the junk. What's the junk? Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, pursue faith, pursue love and peace along with all of those who call on the Lord out of a clean heart. You want to be used of God? There's a very easy way to do it. You want to be used? You say, you know what, Pastor, I'm tired of just a normal life. I'll tell you how to, how to get out of just that normal everyday life. You say, you know what, I'm kind of tired of working this nasty old tired job. Make that job exciting. You start pursuing peace. Start pursuing love. You start bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ with you, and I'm telling you, things will change. Things will change. You'll have the opportunity to speak life to somebody, and somebody's not going to like it. They might not like it. You might be called a religious kook. You might be called a Jesus freak. You don't got to beat them up. Just show them the love of God because you don't know how long it's going to be before they really need somebody who has the love of God, and they're going to know who to come to. Shoe yourself every morning with the gospel of peace, with the gospel of the kingdom, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Put on the good news. Be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. You never know when you're going to have an opportunity to share the truth. Listen to this in verse uh, chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Check. Lovers of money. Check boastful and proud, check. That's all going on in the world all around us, right? Abusive, check. Disobedient to their parents, check. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, check, 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 check. You don't believe me? Go back and look at the newsreel from chapter from, from last year. All those things fit in. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Stay away. Stay out of that. You find yourself going down that road, pull on the brakes, man. We got to get out of this situation. Get out of that situation. Don't be quarrelsome. Don't be resentful. Let the love of God stand firm with the belt of truth, the truth of God's word buckled around your waist. Stand there with the breastplate of righteousness and be ready to prepare and prepared to share the gospel of peace with Jesus of Jesus Christ with people. We need to be ready for that. 
The New Testament calls it the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of peace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of peace. Every one of them, that word gospel there means it's the good news of the kingdom of God. I know you got struggles. I know you got problems. I'm not going to say that God's going to deliver you out of them immediately, but he can give you peace to walk through it. Amen? You don't have to have every answer, folks. You just have to have the answer. And that's Jesus. We're told to prepare ourselves. The gospel of truth. Get, get your shoes ready with the gospel of truth. Every place that you walk, be ready to share the gospel of truth. You might look weird. You might. You might actually have people come up to you afterwards and go, I can't believe, you know, during the last election, people, families, quit talking to each other about whether you're Republicans or Democrats. Are you kidding me? You break up a family over that? You know what Paul would say? Grow up. Grow up. Stop it. You're going to let this destroy relationships? Gospel of peace. Gospel of peace. Man, how can I serve you? How can I help you? Let's get through this. I don't care about, I don't care about that stuff. Let's get our relationship right. And as you begin to lay down your life, the gospel of peace comes out. Let's close in prayer this morning. God, I just thank you so much for your goodness. I believe that you want us to be purveyors of the gospel of peace. You have given us this peace. You've given us this truth. You've given us this hope. And every one of us can be an extra special vessel out of your cabinet if all we do is pursue that. We pursue love. We pursue peace. We're going to walk after truth. It, it might not, it, 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 we might feel a little banged up and dinged up at the end of the day, but the truth of the matter is if we continue to speak out peace, we continue to speak out love, we continue to speak out hope, there will be a time when people will come looking for that peace. They're going to come looking for that love. They're going to come looking for that hope. How can you have so much peace in your life? How can you have so much peace? I got the kingdom. I'm walking in the kingdom. I've been pulled out of the kingdom of darkness. I've been brought into the kingdom of light. The whole world fell back in Genesis, and we were all headed to hell, but God came sent his son so that we would not be condemned. And I can walk in peace because of that. I can walk in joy because of that. I can walk in hope because of that. Regardless of anything that's going on around me, I can walk in that life and that light. And folks, you and I get to be dispensers of that. God, would you make it so in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have yourselves a great day and go out and dispense the gospel.